Uh, my wife turned me into a vegan about maybe, I would say, 35 years ago, maybe more now. She's a raw food vegan mm. chef. So I decided to, I started out as a vegetarian, you know, so I was still eating dairy products and uh, Eggs. eating fish, sometimes chicken. And, uh, and I thought that that was, uh, I'm eating healthy, duh, <laughs> and sushi. <laughs> Come to find out sushi had more worms than I have tapeworms, <laughs> you know, so I gave all that up and, uh, gave my body a rest and I, some, and I, so I turned vegan and got rid of the dairy products and all the meat. So I feel like I'm doing, I feel so much better at mm -hmm. 71 years old. Not to mention the fact that, um, uh, remembering is a, an issue. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. No, it comes with age though. No, I, I, I don't, I already said I don't do dairy and I don't do meat. And I don't believe in all this Beyond Burger and all that stuff, mm. but I hate that. I don't want to talk about that on the radio. I mean, on the iPod, because then I might have uh, someone following me. <laughs> I don't want the government yeah. getting pissed off at me as a vegan, which they're already pissed off at vegans. So. I was going to ask how you survive as a vegan, but I suspect having a wife who cooks vegan food is probably mm -hmm. pretty helpful. Uh oh, yeah. Well, she... She basically does it for for me only. Mm. She's my personal chef, and that's mm -hmm. what she always says that. But when anyone comes over or she does an event, which uh, is a small gathering of people that we know that that come over and <clears throat> love the way she prepares vegan mm. uh, foods, you know, because you're not cooking. You know, you can use the hydrator. You know, to warm up certain uh, dishes that uh, taste just like a, a meat, mm -hmm. you know, because it's all uh, put together uh, through compost. How do you survive on the road as a vegan? I, I suspect that's mm -hmm. pretty difficult. Well, uh, not for me. I uh, what I do is I, I'll, if if there's wheat bread. Well, first of all, let me let me start with the fact that I have a writer in my contract mm. that uh, stipulates that uh, I have vegan food, but not everyone sure. understands vegan. When you say vegan, first thing they say vegetarian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so sometimes they bring the wrong thing. If they do, and then it's too late to change anything, then I'll go into vegan survival mode. <laughs> <laughs> and so if uh, I still eat bread. You know, sure. unfortunately, you, you know, flour, yeah. you know, so vegans do eat cooked. I do eat rice and potatoes, which turns into sugar. But at least I know that. But everybody is different. Mm -hmm. You know, when I say body, I make the form of a body. Mm -hmm. Everybody is different. So what's good for you may not be good for me and vice versa. So, but I'll find bread, wheat bread, hopefully, and I'll put together lettuce, mushrooms, onions, I almost said it in Spanish, uh, uh, pepino, pepino, but uh, cu cucumbers, mm -hmm. yeah, cucumbers and uh, everything but dairy, and uh, and mustard is good too, because that's yeah. basically plant based, and uh, and uh, I'll have a field day some mushrooms. I said that, yeah, and uh, oh man, it's so good. I'll just eat that. I could eat that all day. Uh, you know, I try to get green leaf mm -hmm. lettuce, but then. You know, sometimes you can't find green leaves, so I make the best out of uh, uh, like an iceberg. Yeah, the iceberg. <laughs> yeah, I do what I can. But 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 a lot of the our condiments uh, do have like spinach, lettuce, yeah. and a mixture, which is good. You know, I love that. And I'll I'll just go toward the the green leaf. Is is touring hard at seventy one? Uh, no, it's easier for me now. 
it was harder when I was younger yeah. because I was uh, I wasn't a vegan and I, I and you I, did other things to your body. I, I yeah, suspect. I ate a lot of meat and yeah. it made, made me tired. And it was always in the evening time before a show. And what what it was, which I understand now, my body was working overtime, and it was working to digest it like mm. a snake. It was just still yeah. food in there that just didn't digest. So therefore, I needed to take a nap. And if I did, I overslept. <laughs> you know, and I had to get a wake up. Someone knock on my door. Hey, get up. Hey, man, the show time in, a, in 45 minutes. And I, you know, because I wouldn't answer the door quick enough or my phone. You know, back then we only had landlines. Yeah. <laughs> I, I suspect, though, and this is just me guessing, but I suspect in the 60s and 70s, maybe meat wasn't the worst thing that you put in your body when oh, it all to work. Tell me about it. I was smoking cigarettes. Yeah. I did a lot of whiskey. Actually, the whiskey ate up the food. Mm. It ate, ate it up so much yeah. until it even put a black dot on my stomach, which... Uh, Back then, they called that, uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm having a sure. senior moment. But, uh, you know, when you have the black dot, ulcers. Ulcer, yeah, uh, ulcer, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, you're not uh, filming anything. No, no, no. Oh, then no. let me have some water. Oh, sure. Yeah, so. by all means. <laughs> when you started playing music, I mean, did you expect to be touring for as long as you are? Not really. I never really thought that our music was going to ever mm. be played on the radio back then. I didn't think it would even get to this point because it was so different. And, and I mean, we had a it hard time. It was different time. than what was being played on radio at the time. Exactly. Yeah. We, we had a hard time like uh, getting a record deal because most of the record companies wanted us to sound like sure. so-and-so, like so-and-so. And we said, hey... We, I mean, here we are saying, we don't need you. We don't need anybody. All we need is the people. Because people seem to be happy already, the people that we play for. We didn't, we didn't care. Yeah. We, we just wanted to uh, continue uh, playing on the streets, for the streets, by the streets. That's what we were. That's a luxury that you have when you're younger, when you know, yeah. when you're in your 20s, when you're, you know, maybe you don't have a family and you yeah. can really, you can focus on it, on it full time. Yeah. And I didn't care anything about being a star or, yeah. or uh, being a uh, playing on a record. Cause I mean, what you don't know don't hurt you anyway. Mm. <laughs> you just, you continue doing what you, what's comfortable. So not, not having expectations was actually helpful in that case. It was great because there was no stress and, uh, we just had fun making music from experience. Like Jimi Hendrix said, are you experienced? Yeah. That's what we were. We were uh, creating music and we were also, uh, pretty much uh, covering other music that was already out there. That was way before Eric Burden, you know, yeah. and before we even called ourselves War. At what point was it clear that, that music was something that you could do for a living or do full-time? Um, when Eric came into the band as a lead singer from The Animals, uh, he started uh, wanting us to go out on the road and play mm. before we even recorded anything just to see if we could uh, uh, build a marriage. You know, mm -hmm. and if you, uh, could, if you could stand the stresses yeah, yeah. of touring together, yeah. And so he did, and he, he saw that we. What he did was, uh, whew, it was phenomenal. What he did was, uh, uh, he improvised mm. on stage, and he taught us a lot about improv. You know, he would improvise words. We didn't have any music together. 
No music to record, nothing. He would improvise and we would just create music like a movie. You were very much sort of living in the moment up till that point where you would you would play on the street, but you didn't actually have so specific songs that you were no, playing. No specific songs. We we were uh, we were just not part of society. We were hmm. not. I mean, we were part of society as far as what existed. <laughs> sure, you weren't off the grid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, uh, in order to express our experience, it was only through music. Hmm. And the people actually wrote the music. We just took our instruments and went in the studio and t turned the tape on. They turned the tape on. And I said, "Wow, that's a big tape." <laughs> you know, I didn't know the so, studio. So but, even so, even even when when Eric first comes along, obviously he's he's already an established rap, rock star at that point. Exactly. You still yeah. had no specific expectations. I didn't know how big. I, I just yeah. I mean, you'd heard like yeah. House of the Rising Sun, of probably. Course, of course, and, yeah. Well, I heard that uh, through Nina Simone mm, first, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of other songs that I yeah. heard the Beatles do, you know, and I I I just. I knew Nina Simone, you know, the, the jazz world, the blues world, yeah. the gospel world. Uh, I, I wasn't really into the rock scene until we got with Eric. And that's when, then, of course, we met uh, not only Jimi Hendrix, but Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, all the people that were, you know, that were alive then. And, and of course, Jimi Hendrix, the last time he jammed on stage was with us the night before he died at Ronnie Scott's. Was there a clear moment in there where, you know, it was obvious that, oh, this this is really, this is working? Oh, yes. I, I started feeling something spiritual. <laughs> really? You know, yeah. and, and uh, uh, you know, and at that time, coming from a church, you know, mm. also playing uh, in the jazz world, uh, I felt something spiritual again, you know, and said, oh, something's going on here. And and I, I just didn't know. And we started getting more fans. Of course, we were still called the Eric Burden Band. Mm -hmm. And finally, people started getting it that was supporting us, including yeah. Jimi Hendrix, who was supporting Eric and his new band. Uh, Eric Burden and war. So people started realizing, okay, because that we were Eric Burden and war, because we made it a fact, we were promoting Eric Burden and war at that time. Mm -hmm. So they got it. Was was it just not a good fit ultimately with with Eric? I mean, the, the fact that you know you you did the album, you know you were you guys were together for a while, but ultimately it wasn't going to last. Well, we did two albums yeah. together, so. Uh, we didn't know it was wasn't going to last. Eric knew that we were self contained mm. anyway, but he knew the, that you guys were going to do just fine. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And he was uh, at the time he got with us. He was still having issues with uh, his label at the time, MGM. He didn't want to bring us into that chaos, mm -hmm. you know, with the red tape because we didn't understand it, and he was afraid we would have gotten pissed off about it because we came. I mean, we came from Compton. Watts, Long mm -hmm. Beach, Harbor City, you mm -hmm. know, our mentality and being young with big afros and bell bottoms, mm -hmm. we could not conceive <laughs> any issues about what? We can't do what? No, yeah. you know, and just like him, Eric coming from Newcastle, you know, he comes from a, uh, a mine, a coal mining mm -hmm. uh, place. So that's why he sung the blues so much. You know, which I hated because I had to, I had to grow up listening to blues, yeah. and I only connected blues to fights on my street in Compton. And to this very day, people ask me what I think about rap, and I tell people it's just another form of blues for me. You know, with the same mentality—not mentality, men 
attitude. Mm. <laughs> Mint attitude. So musically, you feel like, and, and thematically, you feel like the band was working against that, was trying to be a, more of a, a kind of a, a peaceful group in, in its message? Yeah, we were always trying to be peaceful. We were, our, our basic message was uh, a raging war against wars. Mm. That's why we call ourselves yeah. war. During the Vietnam War, we wanted to let people know our choice of weapons is our instruments. And what we shoot out is not bullets. We shoot out rhythms, melodies, and most of all, harmony. And that's, that's it. And so we built our, our rock and roll hall of fans base. Mm basis you know that supported us and that's why we're still here working although we never had an id card <laughs> you know and when i say an id card mm-hmm. like a library card mm-hmm. no there was no category for us back in the 70s that's why we never won any awards mm-hmm. for anything because no one knew how to c- categorize us but to this very day, although we were up for awards, sure. but no one, you know, they just, just didn't understand. Well, what category? That's because our music was universal, a universal uh, salad bowl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Street music. And uh, so we, so people, not only did they not know how to categorize us, they just didn't understand the music still. It just took time over a period of time for people to understand what we were singing about it was just messages and grooves we were never political you know you may think it was but it wasn't we were just being troubadours letting you know your about your surroundings and obviously you know you've lived through a lot and you know you, vietnam and 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 watergate and now what's happening right now politically there are some rough things for a lot of people music is a, is a good vessel for to get that message out there why why was war in spite of the name never a particularly political band well we because we love dancing we love <laughs> rhythms we love the mixture of all types of music we spent more time loving different genres mm-hmm. of music and if a message came across then so so be it uh, but we weren't purposely trying to uh, uh, talk about anything political we just again we only made you aware of your surroundings like the world is a ghetto we let you know mm-hmm. what's going on you know and, and why can't we be friends we never said okay the president's doing this and he's doing yeah. that but but then why can't we be friends we just said I kind of like to be the president <laughs> so I can show you where your money went. Yeah. And that's it. But yeah. we never talk about anybody or anything or any uh, uh, situation or post or, uh, you know, president's post or uh, Senate or anybody. <laughs> so it sounds like after two albums, um, after after Eric left, that there was no question that the band was going to continue. Right, right. We... Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Eric gave us his blessing, and and uh, our management company decided to uh, do some promotional campaigns, and uh, we have billboards up called "War Is Coming," mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think we've uh, to- at Tower Records we had a uh, tank that uh, took us down Sunset <laughs> Boulevard. Yeah, a tank. We were we were like our heads outside the tank yeah. saying war is coming. <laughs> People didn't know what the heck. What are they talking about? Yeah. War is coming. So, that was our promotional campaign for about a month or two, I believe, or maybe 6 months. I can't remember. But uh I'm not good with numbers. Uh but then uh after that then our album dropped, our first album, after uh, our run with Eric Burden. And uh, then we just kept going from there. 
So you, you did some solo work in there as well. Uh, just boredom. <laughs> like, I, the, the band wasn't keeping you busy enough. You needed to go do your own thing. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't want to um, yeah. run myself down with eating and drinking mm-hmm. and, and other things. Yeah. <laughs> Substances. Anyway, but uh, music, you know, I understood one thing about what I was doing, that music was healing. And I did understand that I was a, a, a doctor of music. So I needed to heal myself and be good enough to heal people when they listen. So that, so I said, well, let me do a solo album, whether it makes it or not. You know, and of course, I had to go through a whole bunch of political uh, nonsense uh, to even try to get it even at the record label, not to mention get it on there and get it out, <laughs> release. So I didn't worry about it. As a matter of fact, I'm working on a solo album now. But in this case, I don't have to deal with the record label. Mm-hmm. So what, what keeps the, the unit going as a band, you know, in spite of members leaving and, and dying? And obviously there was a little bit of, of acrimony in there at one point. What? How, how has war continued to go forward after all these years? Well, like I said earlier, the uh, our Rock and Roll Hall of Fans, they're the ones. They brought us here. They could take us out. <laughs> you know, so I stay loyal to my fans, yeah. as, as, and they stay loyal uh, to us. And that's a beautiful thing. We have so much love for each other, more than uh, looking through... Uh, mechanically uh, through a, a record or a CD, mm. you know, it's about being able to feel each other's emotion. They feel mine and the band, and I feel theirs. And if there's a sad moment, so let it be, because that'll change after that. Because then the rest is happy. We're only human. Yeah, and I know, and obviously everybody has bad days, and everybody has days where they don't want to go into work. And I suspect that that's the same for you as as anybody else. Um, you know, well, that only happens before I strike the first note. Really? If I'm feeling bad, it's only for that moment. And then all of a sudden, I look at the people, I hear them, uh, you know, like, yeah. And I say, oh, it's on now. <laughs> you never have days where you're on stage and you're like, I just, I, I'm somewhere else. I don't really, I don't, I'm not feeling it tonight. I don't really man, want to be here. Man, I've been sick on stage and people yeah. didn't even know. I've had like the worst, way back, yeah. I've had the worst of colds, uh, of a cold. And, but... I don't care what element I may have for that 45 to an hour to two hours that I'm performing in front of the audience. I'm healed. It's just that before and after <laughs> it all comes back. <laughs> you don't, you don't feel it doesn't grind on either playing, you know, whatever uh, song for the eight, 8,000th no. time in front of people. No, no, because we do it different every time. Yeah. We play the same song different. We jam it just like we jammed it when we first created it. Yeah. That's the fun part that I make sure these guys, if you're going to play with me, I don't care about if you're in tune. I don't even care if you make <laughs> you don't mistakes. Care if they're in tune? Or, or if you make mistakes, as yeah. long as you repeat that mistake and cre- you, you, then you start getting more creative. If you can do that, then I know you're a creative musician. Creative. Mm. And, uh, if you're out of tune, then, you know, Tune up or don't. Just let it sound. I said, our music on record, most of it, if you ever listened to it, was out of tune. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, and mistakes. Yeah. I was, just, I was listening to why, why Can't We Be Friends this morning, you know, mm-hmm. prepping for this. And that that is, a, that is a wonderfully out of tune piano at the beginning of this. It's all a jam. <laughs> and I didn't want to change it. I went, yeah. <laughs> I said, don't change that. Yeah. 
So you're still you're still enjoying it. Oh, I love it. You kidding? Yeah. And again, it's the people that make me enjoy it because they're supportive and they're keeping me alive. So you you, you go through withdrawals on those points in your life when you're not playing music, when you're not touring? No, because what I do is uh, I have about close to an acre and a half of property that I cut my own lawn. <laughs> I cut my own lawn. I do everything. I have yeah. a whole bunch of battery tools that I do my own. I meditate and mm. it helps me write. It helps me get creative. And, uh, uh, I, no, I don't go through any withdrawals of the music because I know there's, I do have another life yeah. besides music. Music is my children, but then I got to have another life outside those kids. <laughs> well, so speaking of having another life, I mean, you know, 81-year-old, 91-year-old Lonnie Jordan's still going to be on tour? But yeah, I no plan to retire. Uh, and you said 91. Let's, let's raise the bar. How about 191? <laughs> All right, I'll meet you back here in 30, 30 years. How about hey, that? there you go. And believe me, I'll still be feeling good. Look at my ID. I'm glad you're not filming. Because <laughs> these, these guns, they may be little, but they're strong at 71. <laughs> That was the legendary Lonnie Jordan. Thanks so much to him for taking the time to do that. Short interview. We're, we're pretty time constrained, but I think we managed to cram a lot in there. You can, I mean, you know War already, but uh, you can check out more of their stuff over at War.com. Thanks to him. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the program. If you like the show, there are a number of ways to support us. You can rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify, YouTube. Like us on Facebook. If you have any feedback, it's rylcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rylcast.tumblr.com. That is the first and best place to get all of your RIYL related information. And that's about all we got for now. So stick around because we're going to be back in just about a week with another episode of RIYL.